Welcome to Pandora's Diary, a place where I share my thoughts and hopefully encourage you to learn and live on your own terms. Today's episode is the push for androgyny. And I guess before we really jump into it, we should discuss what I mean by androgyny. So androgyny is the combination of masculine and feminine characteristics into an ambiguous form. Androgyny may be expressed with regard to biological sex, gender, identity, or gender expression. And why am I talking about this? In the episode Where We Belong, I talk about demographic groupings and how it just makes it easier to market to people when they neatly place themselves or remain into particular demographic groupings. And the push for androgyny is really no different, except that it's making a bigger group of people to be marketed towards. If we all receive this push towards androgyny, well, then there's no difference even between men and women. There's no difference between masculine and feminine. And we just receive the, that additional layer of clothing that additional layer, I'm using clothing metaphorically, but we receive that additional layer of identity and we are more easily targeted. And so that's why I'm discussing this. I'm discussing the the why. I want to understand the why. I want to question the why of why we're seeing this messaging. And I know we want to, it's easy to credit this towards transgenderism I think that that's awfully convenient at the time but this push towards androgyny seems disproportionate to the number of transgender people there actually are in society and so why is there this massive push well that's the question and I think when the media is concerned the people who control the messaging we're receiving as far as the media is concerned the why usually goes back to some form of money power coercion xyz i also wanted to talk about women in terms of that grouping and how it's impacted by the push for androgyny now again before diving into this i believe that most women have even a little bit of masculinity in them and vice versa with men most men have a little bit of femininity into them there's this duality that exists in all of us and there's nothing wrong with that there never has been the perception that there's something wrong with it was beneficial because again that's become something that somebody can market to. It becomes something that companies can market to. If you're not a true man because you can't do XYZ, because you don't do XYZ, because you don't like XYZ, we can help you do XYZ, like XYZ. And so that becomes a marketing opportunity. It's the same thing for women. If you're, you know, a true woman, you shouldn't do XYZ, need, want, desire XYZ. And so if you do do any of these things, we can help you with this product 
with this service. And so it, it goes hand in hand with marketing to people based on their own insecurities that we allow society to create by allowing society at large to tell us what is acceptable for X versus Y, when in reality, we should be walking closer back to who we organically are without the influence of all of these other things. Again, I spoke about that in another episode. With the push for androgyny, specifically I want to talk about the conflict there with the women's movement and how we got here. So the importance of women's suffrage was that it made life a little more sufferable for women. Um, That's a terrible pun, but it is what it is. Women's suffrage made it so that women could own property in their own names without husbands. It made it so that we could have bank accounts without husbands and actually have some recourse when we're abused in marriages, which does often happen. It made it so that women could vote. (laughs) One of the things that I thought was, you know, funny just looking at history is that my parents are older than my voting rights. And that's just as a woman, not as a black woman. I don't I don't know. I mean there's of course it might have been legal, but legal and actually doable are two separate things. And so there's that. That was just a little side note. And so women's suffrage has been important and I think even most men would say necessary to a certain extent with the things that were happening, the things that men of the time, who were boys at the time, rather, had seen their mothers and sisters go through. There are a lot of men today, grown men, elderly men today, who saw the negative side of a woman's experience in society. They saw it through their mothers, their sisters, and their daughters. And they had to step in as men to regulate because there was no law to regulate. And so, again, I don't think that this is something that only men would say was a good, or that only women would say was a good thing. I think that most rational people can say women's suffrage was necessary to get to a better America. But at some, a certain point, it does feel like it's gone. It had gone dormant. And so I want to talk about the media influence of the women's suffrage movement. Before even jumping in back into how it went dormant and, and why and, and whatnot, it's important to understand how, how did this boom happen. Most of these things, most movements and societies need the media in some form to even take take hold because that's how we communicate across the masses what's going on in certain areas even though we have telephones the aid of the internet has made things easier even though we have we had for a while telephones or telegraphs not all of those things were easily accessible to people and then on top of that you'd have to like know the number to dial and then that's still a one-to-one connection the internet has made it easier with groups shared groups to figure out what people are doing but this is all relatively recent 
I'm a millennial, and so I'm in a group where I was young enough to remember a time before the internet, and, and when we had house phones, and, and also still experience the age of the internet, and what that looks like today, and how we leverage it today. And so, it's been a privilege to be able to see both sides of the curtain in that regard media as i mentioned has played a role in women's suffrage it always has and when we think about how we got here i think about uh the the riveter what it was it was during world war ii when women had to really start getting into the workforce i think the woman's name the the caricature of a woman i think it was roxy the riveter or rosie or something like that you know with the red bandana and she's got her arm out and is making a muscle that lady that propaganda had been pushed heavily to encourage women to get out into the workforce and help so many men were sent overseas to fight war that there was a deficit in human capital there was nobody to do to do the jobs that the men left behind certainly not if a lot of them were dying which they were and so women had to be employed to fill those gaps even kids were employed in a certain capacity to help contribute to the america of the time in the 1940s and so it became beneficial for women and so it all coincided very nicely with the women's suffrage that we know and love that provided us voting rights and the ability to have our names on bank accounts and homes and house deeds and things like that with needing us to be in the workforce. It all coincided very nicely. I think of it more as a give and take. And so this is a part of that where now women can also earn their own money because they're in the workforce. But it's also beneficial to the government beneficial to the U.S. GDP, gross domestic profit, or product, depending on how you're reading it, but it's, it's beneficial to those statistics, those metrics, beneficial to the country overall to have us in the workforce at this point, if we so, if we so fit, uh, choose to do that. But it had a downside, of course, it just means we're, you know, not as home not not home as much um, it really shows how we devalue domestic work and domestic workers but that's another discussion I won't get into that here but the media has played a great influence due to the necessity of it the necessity of for women to be in the workforce and so it wasn't just something that happened in mass it was an idea because women needed their own money partly due to the way society was structured um, to be abusive to women. And so women needed their own money. But even then, we got to a point where women today in the 2020s are looked upon as lazy or weird for being homemakers for staying home for not working outside the home because again we devalue 
domestic work. And so this is the downside of women's suffrage. There was actually, it was hilarious to look back in, I think, the early 2010s, or even the two, early 2000s, there was a news clip of a woman, anchor, she was an anchor on this news broadcast, and she was talking to this 15-year-old boy about his refusal to compete against a 15-year-old girl in wrestling. It was a competitive title at that point. I think it might have been the state championship, and he refused to compete. Of course he could have competed against her, and she had competed against boys prior to getting to him, but his principles would not allow him to do that. And salute to the young boy who recognized that well, there are still physical differences between boys and girls, especially once you've gone through puberty. But the newscaster, the anchor, you could see was pressing this young boy to wrestle a girl and almost wanted to make him feel guilty about not wanting to wrestle a girl. She asked him, if the girl is okay with you wrestle, with wrestling you, why aren't you okay with it? dismissing his autonomy and his whole value system that has nothing to do with that particular girl and more to do with how he views life, how he views biology even, (laughs) in consent, something as simple as consent. And so sometimes I think that, you know, women have shot themselves in the foot. I won't say that it's boredom. I will say that sometimes when the mountain when you've reached the peak you aren't sure of what the next portion of the climb should be and so maybe that means that we end up climbing sideways or climbing down a little bit just to view something that we think is the next peak do I think that there are more things that women have to accomplish in society absolutely I don't know that androgyny was one of them, though. And I'm not saying that androgyny was only a woman thing, but I know on some level we've helped it get to this point. So this is kind of what happens to a movement when the goals are achieved. We get into a circular paradox where after a certain point of going forward, kind of like progress for the sake of progress, we end up in the same place. And, and this is something that we'll have to really consider now going forward. This is kind of a mess that we've created for ourselves. I don't know that we stopped to consider that it was going to get to this point um, when we kept climbing just for the sake of climbing kept pushing just for the sake of pushing, I do believe that there are concrete things that women could focus on. I think that we have to be very careful on how we focus on these things because it could come back to bite us in the butt. I remember when I was younger, again, this would be late 90s, early 2000s, primarily early 2000s when I was like in elementary school and there was a big push I remember I would always see the campaigns on TV the the commercials anything you can do I can do better 
and it would do be a boy and a girl just to show you know girl power girls could do anything boys could do and i actually don't remember if it showed men and women but i do know that it showed at least you know male and female maybe they were teenagers i don't remember but that sort of messaging is harmful because it paints a picture that all things equal you'll get the same result and that is not true there's never really going to be an all things equal when it comes to physicality and physical competition between men and women especially once they've reached a certain age as kids there's less of a difference that you see in the results and the outcomes but once puberty hits there's definitively a difference between the outcomes that we see for men and women teen boys and teen girls and we can't discount that in a later episode i think i will talk about what exactly those differences are and what that means but for right now i think it's important to say that you know this is kind of the mess that we're in we've helped along with the push for androgyny with messaging like we're all the same anything you can do i can do better we've we've walked away from truth and biology and empirical facts we've walked away from allowing logic to lead the discussion without emotion or feelings yes we can recognize that a boy hitting like a girl is an insult well you hit like a girl okay well let's dissect that as somebody who's hasn't hit puberty yet okay well is there really a difference maybe maybe the difference is more in socialization at that point and so maybe the difference is this 11-year-old girl still doesn't want to get her hands calloused so she's not going to swing as many bats and practice as much or she may not want to mess up the pretty nail polish she did and on some level this is a stereotype but on some level that's just that's what socialization is and so just acknowledge the mess that we're in we have you know created it for ourselves our boys better at soccer but even before puberty something like soccer okay well boys are socialized to be okay getting dirty rolling around in the mud being okay hurting themselves my nephew is not even 10 he's 6 i believe maybe 7 at this point he broke his nose twice twice i've never broken a bone cuz i've avoided breaking a bone <laughs> avoided breaking bones i don't do things where i'm likely to break bones and i've played competitive sports all my life the way in which i play them is still indicative of not wanting to get hurt not wanting to get dirty and what does that say are there does every girl who plays sports play them like me no some women do get hurt some women do get their noses broken and so I'm not saying that it doesn't happen i'm just saying that socialization maybe it is fear maybe it's just the way our minds are 
are, are hardwired where we just want to avoid risk, especially risk of physical injury, whereas boys may not do that. And so that's something that even before puberty might impact how we do certain things. Does the fear of hurting yourself hold you back? Does the fear of hurting yourself impact how you play a game even? Yes. Yes, it does. So socialization has an impact before. Biology has a large impact after. The push for androgyny is then become becomes a why. Why are we doing it? There's clear definitive, documented differences. Why are we rejecting those? Let's not why not just embrace those? It reminds me of how like with black people, there people would do the whole I don't see color thing. That doesn't make me feel better that you don't see color. That doesn't make me feel safe around you or like you're not a racist. I understand the sentiment, but you should probably see color. If you don't, go to the eye doctor. (laughs) If you don't see color, you don't see how things are impacting me differently than you. It just becomes an idealistic um, view of what's happening. And so that's the same thing with women and women and men where we're, where we are right now where we didn't want to see the differences between men and women we didn't want to accept that men had certain physical advantages or were maybe better at certain things and so we've gotten to a point where it's become pc or non non politically correct to acknowledge those differences and then that becomes a detriment because If you don't see the differences between men and women, you can't see how something is impacting one and not the other. But that's all I've got to say today. I'll leave you to think about that. Um, Question things, like I always say. Uh, Thanks for listening to Pandora's Diary. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and click the notification bell so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.